If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. When you think about it, you can go so much deeper instead of going wide. And I think oftentimes we set ourselves up to go wide and wide can feel really overwhelming. So it also gives you a clarity and creation, which I love. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. One of the best things about hosting the Gold Digger podcast is getting to chat with people who are experts in areas that I'm not, like the area of product-based businesses. I got to host a conversation with Jacqueline Snyder and Mina Kunlo-Sitep from the Product Boss podcast last year, and now I am so excited because they have joined me on the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Take your physical product sales and strategy to the next level to create your dream life with a workshop style strategy hour of social media and marketing strategies so that you can up level as the boss of your business. If you love Gold Digger, I know you'll love the product boss. So tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Well, this is a special one. Welcome back to the podcast, Kylie. It's so crazy how much life has happened and how much time has passed since the last time we sat down together to talk. I think I literally think it was last summer when we were doing one of these together. You're probably right. So give us just a quick 60 second life update for anyone who has missed your beautiful voice on the podcast. And then we're going to dive into today's conversation where we're going to talk about should you niche down? Well, the last time we sat up to the mics together, I had a baby inside of my belly, and now I have a baby outside of my belly. (laughs) It's been a wild ride becoming a mother, and now I have a five-month-old at the time we're sitting down to record this. She's a few days away from being five months old. Motherhood has been something so beautiful, so challenging. It's all the things they told me it would be. And also, I did not expect, take this for what it is, but I did not expect to love it 
as much as I do. I really thought I'd want to rush right back into work and I'd be, you know, so ready for childcare and all of this, but I love being a mom. And if you were to rewind to some episodes we've done together about motherhood, specifically about me being apprehensive about becoming a mom, I wish I could tell that girl, that woman, that you're going to love it and it's going to be so incredible and come at a very important time in your life. So that's where I've been. It's been amazing. It's been really cool watching you go through this. And it's also crazy to think about you joined the team right before I became a mom. And so now we get to walk through this together, which is crazy. And I'm just, I'm so happy to have you back and take you cutest yes. little pictures of your girl. <laughs> the best. Yes. My long haired, chubby cheeked girl. She came out with a full head of hair, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they say heartburn, the old wives tale. If you have heartburn, you're going to have a child with a full head of hair. It's true in my case. <laughs> my goodness. Well, I love that. Okay. Today, we are going to talk about a topic, and I'm actually really excited to kind of dive into it. I did an episode about this way at the beginning of this podcast, and now this is going to be kind of an update. But Kylie, have you ever heard that little slogan or saying like, the riches are in the niches? The first time I heard it is when you said it to me. So yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that I introduced you to this idea. And really what we're going to be talking about is the power of specialization. And so we're going to talk about if it is time for you to build a business or start a side hustle or reframe your business into a more specific market or industry so that you can be more targeted in the way that you speak to, reach, and sell to your clients. And so I'm really excited to talk about this. And we were kind of having this discussion before. Is it niche or is it niche? And what are we going to prescribe for this episode? I think, I mean, I don't know what the English majors out there will say it is, but I think it's appropriate to use either version depending on the sentence. Perfect. I don't know. That wasn't helpful. So, (laughs) (laughs) No, I like that. You're like, well, it says the riches are in the niches. That rhymes. But I also like niche. I feel like it feels Mm. a little more fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what it feels like when we get to that word, how we use it. Amazing. Okay. So let's start talking about niching down. What would you say would be like your first question when it comes to this topic? Well, I think there's a lot of hesitation around niching, niching down, because you think if you get more specialized, you preclude a lot of potential clients, a lot of potential business, a lot of potential income. Would you say that is that true or false? First of all, So I think the fear is true. And I think that the reality, people will find that it's false. So I think it can feel extremely scary to wipe out a whole segment of a potential audience, right? Like when we think about what we're talking about, getting really specialized, like becoming the expert, the go-to person in maybe one thing and not a million things. I think people's first fear is like, well, wait though, like, Now, all of a sudden, the pool that I'm marketing to is a lot smaller. And what if I can't actually meet my sales goals or objectives with that smaller audience? And I think that that's a really common and I think it's a valid fear. There are often a lot of questions and concerns that people ask. So like, will I lose potential customers if I niche down? Or how do I know if I've chosen the right one? Or what if it becomes too saturated or it changes over time? And so we have to start thinking about this in a way of 
positioning yourself in a different way so that it is so obvious that you are the correct choice for your dream clients instead of trying to please everyone. There's that funny quote where it was like, you can be the most delicious muffin and somebody will still hate muffins. Something like yeah, that. something like that. Or the most yeah. delicious peach on the tree. There we go. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is kind of that scarcity mindset. And I believe that when you think about getting more specific or niching down, you really do have to do some money mindset work and some refocusing at what it would look like to be even better for the right people instead of being mediocre for everyone. Does that make sense? It does. So what does that look like in your own business journey? Did you start out super broad and then niche down? Yeah. So I was actually laughing when I was thinking about this topic because it took me way back to the beginning. And when I first had my camera, I would literally take pictures of anything that anyone would pay me for. And so I remember I took pictures of somebody's cat. I took pictures of, <laughs> I did a boudoir session for a okay. bride to be, and I did it like in my apartment in Madison, Wisconsin. I basically was doing photos of anything. I did senior portraits for a summer and it was miserable. And so I did all of these different things at first. And it was really interesting because I learned this process of niching down super fast, mostly because my business started as a side hustle and I was really passionate about it, but I could tell immediately like some things are for me and some things are not for me. And if I'm going to be using this as both a passion project, but also a way to drive profits, I wanted to enjoy it. Like when your bandwidth is super small and you're excited about something, you want to do all the fun parts of it. And so I feel like I was really smart at the very beginning. And part of that strategy came from being in the position of my ideal client. So I ended up niching down really quickly on my free WordPress blog to become the premier wedding photographer in Wisconsin. And it was really fascinating that I did that because at the time I was a bride myself. And I remembered the experience of looking at a million different websites of different wedding photographers and thinking through, okay, who do I want to do my photos? Who can I afford? What does that look like? And so it's really interesting because even if I do that like way back time machine and look at the different versions of my blog, very quickly did I brand myself as a specific wedding photographer. And that doesn't mean that I didn't do anything else, but I just did not advertise anything else at the very beginning. I was still in that position of like, take what you can get when it comes to anyone being willing to pay you, but advertise what you want to do. And I don't think I did it with as much strategy as I would knowing what I know now, but I did do that right from the very beginning. So you've seen the benefits of niching down in real time. You've done it in your photography business and then you pivoted out. Now you're online course business and educator business. You've niched down there as well. So you know the benefits. So can you walk me through specifically what the benefits are for someone who's still resisting the niching down process? Yes. Okay. So first, let me ask you a question, especially because you lived in New York City. So mm. have you ever gone to a restaurant and they have like an 18 page menu and you sit down and you now doubt like, can they really cook amazing pancakes and delicious stir fry and famous hot dogs? And you get so overwhelmed with the menu that you can't make a decision. And so all of a sudden you just get chicken strips because who can mess those up? Like, have you ever been in a situation <laughs> like that? Where you're Are you asking so overwhelmed? Are you asking if I've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Because yes. the answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like so many of us can relate to that, right? Where all yeah. of a sudden you're like, I don't even know what I want anymore. And I'm just going to get something simple. 
And the reason why I want to illustrate with that is a lot of times that when we are too broad, we invoke doubt in a consumer's eyes because they're like, how can you be good at all of these things? I'm just going to deviate to the easiest one or the most common one. And it might not actually be a great experience for them or for you. And so there are so many benefits to getting more specific. So first is clarity of purpose. So there is something so cool when you meet someone and you ask them like, hey, what do you do? And they have just this clarity about them, like this confidence. I think clarity breeds confidence. And so having this clear and focused niche helps you to understand the specific needs and desires of your target audience. And it allows you to tailor your offerings to meet their unique needs. So instead of having an 18 page menu, you know exactly what their pain points are, their problems are, or what solutions you're offering or what entertainment you're providing. And you're able to have this clarity around your offers your marketing, your explanation, and just the way that you show up. I often think about you, Kylie, in terms of your podcast. And talk to me a little bit about that and how clarity of purpose kind of links into that. Because I think it's a huge, great example for somebody listening to this. And they're like, okay, I'm not a wedding photographer with an 18-page menu. What does this look like? Mm, yeah, I niched down after, I wouldn't say a failed attempt, but a, a not super successful attempt at my first podcast, which was so broad. My whole viewpoint was like, I want to make this show for everybody, rotating topics every week. I'll never run out of things to talk about. They'll never run out of things to submit. It was a, a conversational show with a new topic every week. And I learned very quickly that when your show is for everybody, it's really for nobody because it's there's no predictability week after week. Listeners don't know what they're going to get from episode to episode. And so with my current podcast, Dark Down East, it's a true crime show, which you think of podcasting and, and true crime is kind of synonymous with podcasting at this point. But I niched down to cover a specific geographical area. So I'm only covering cases in New England, which I know so well because I'm from New England. I live in Maine. And so I can say the town names correctly. And I have connections here. And I found that even though I niched down to a geographical region, which was a little bit scary at first, because, you know, am I going to put so much work into something and only be able to be relevant to the people who also live in Maine or New Hampshire or other New England states? What I found was that it became more successful because I had the local support and people were recommending this show. And I found that people don't really care where the cases originated. They just want respectful, ethical content, regardless of what state the case is from. And so I actually getting really narrow about a geographical region ended up being a greater success for me. Yes. And doesn't it give you a clarity around the content? Because I think too, it can be so overwhelming, like in your example, or anyone listening, that's maybe a content creator. When you think about it, you can go so much deeper instead of going wide. And I think oftentimes we set ourselves up to go wide and wide can feel really overwhelming. So it also gives you a clarity and creation, which I love. Absolutely. Yeah. I know exactly what I'm working on from week to week. It's not an overwhelming process to find content. You know, sometimes you think if there's more to cover, it'll make your job easier, but uh, it's actually more challenging that way. Yeah. So beyond clarity of purpose, another benefit of niching down is improved marketing. So if you think about this, if you can get super clear on what your purpose is, what you're creating, what your offer is, you can market so much more strategically 
and you can craft more effective marketing messages that attract with the right people. So taking it back to the beginning, I remember even though I successfully rebranded as a wedding photographer, one of the things that I did not successfully do was I did not show myself, my personality, what set me apart. I was in that place of feeling that imposter syndrome. And all I wanted to do was blend in with the other wedding photographers. I wanted people to look at me and say like, oh yeah, she looks legit just like everyone else. And so it was really interesting because I think it was year three where I realized like, I don't need to attract every single engaged couple who is looking to hire a wedding photographer in Wisconsin for the next summer. All I needed to reach was 25 couples that would choose me. And when I had that switch go off in my brain, I remember literally like coding my WordPress page on my own and revamping the whole thing because I was like, all I need to do is attract the right couples. I don't want people that just want any other wedding photographer. I want people who choose me, who actually desire me. And in order for them to actually do that, they have to see that my marketing is reaching them specifically. I wanted it to be like a hell yes for them. And so when you niche down, you can greatly improve your marketing and you can craft way better messaging because you know exactly who it is that you're reaching. And that messaging is going to convert so much better because again, the people that are the right fit for your offer, it is so clear to them that you or your offer or your service or your content is the right choice for them that they are going to dive in and they're going to be obsessed. A couple other benefits of niching down is you can differentiate yourself better. So again, when I finally had that realization of like, I don't need to attract everyone. I just need to find the 25 people that will say yes and that deeply desire me. I was able to differentiate my business a lot. And I feel like that's when I saw the real growth. That's when I started hitting these different milestones as a wedding photographer. And that is also when I established a credibility of being an expert in that area. So year three, I was named the top Wisconsin wedding photographer having started at zero. And I truly believe that that was because I niched down. I had a very specific audience. I served my clients so well. They had incredible experiences that they would go and tell everyone about. And so it really helped differentiate me. And it also helped me get couples that I loved. Like even just this day, one of my couples just reached out and I like went right back to their wedding in my head. And I was like thinking about like, I just loved the people that I worked with. And I think that that was only possible through niching down. The final two benefits are enhanced credibility. So again, would you rather go to a restaurant that is famously known for their stir fry or like the best stir fry in New York City, or go to the Cheesecake Factory where you'll find stir fry among Italian food, <laughs> salads and cheesecake? And so you want that credibility. And I believe that you can get that credibility by positioning yourself and being the expert, which will naturally come again when you go deep on what you do and not wide. And then the last thing, which I think you'll love, is increased profitability. When you think about it, if you're targeting a specific audience, you get to optimize your pricing, right? You get to be the premier person. And I got to live this out as a wedding photographer with each year the demand was raising. I had that credibility. I had that differentiation. I had incredible marketing because I knew exactly who I was speaking to. And with that, I was able to charge premium rates for my services. And that allowed me to do less work, make more money and find more balance. And so if you want to increase your revenue and profitability, while it feels scary to really get deep and wipe out a segment of your potential audience, what I believe will happen 
is that you will be able to charge higher rates for the right people who are going to become raving fans and you're going to see the results in your business. My team and I absolutely hit the ground running in 2023 and I feel like we're going along at a pretty good clip to start off the new year. One thing that is so important to me as a business owner and a leader of this small but mighty team is getting aligned on our shared mission and goals for the year. If you're the same way, HubSpot is a fantastic tool. With HubSpot CRM, you can keep your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams in sync on one powerful platform that grows with your business. Capture leads, boost sales, and engage customers all from one powerful platform. Tools like a unified contact record, help desk automation, and customizable reporting make it easy to unite your team around a single source of truth, which means you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 and get a special offer of 20% off on eligible plans at HubSpot.com slash Gold Digger. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Can I just say like justice for Cheesecake Factory? You know, we we love the Cheesecake Factory. It's just we can't all do what the Cheesecake Factory does. Right? I feel like you have to go to the Cheesecake Factory with a very definitive plan and not mm. even open the menu. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, <laughs> there's definitely overwhelm there. So, but the fear, despite the benefits, there's still a fear that exists about wiping out a whole segment of a potential audience and really niching down and getting specialized. So what are some ways to get over that mental block of niching down and how can you identify what niche is appropriate for you? Yeah, I think that's super smart. So the first thing that I would recommend doing is to do like a forensic style inventory on what is actually driving results for you right now. We've all heard of like Pareto's principle where it's like 20% of your efforts lead to 80% of your results. And I think that is very true for almost every single business or side hustle out there. And so what I would say to begin is, are your customers speaking to you with what they are choosing and buying? And the answer is generally yes. You're going to see themes and trends that might help direct you. 
And it also might inspire new ideas in that specific niche. So I would say, do some really deep intel to look at what is moving the needle the most? What do you love the most? And if you have served previous clients or you've worked one-on-one with people or you've had specific customers that stand out to you, think about what it was about them that you loved and how you can reach more people like them. Something for me that was really helpful when it came to marketing, when I decided, okay, my niche is that I'm going to be that premium Wisconsin wedding photographer. I want to work with couples who want to have fun, that don't have stuffy weddings. I had just this very specific kind of couple in mind. I had that couple in mind because I had worked with that couple before. And so if you have that past clientele that you can think about like, who would I work with every single day if I could work with them? And why did I enjoy that experience so much? It's going to help you clarify your messaging and also get really specific in your marketing. So I had this couple that I love, Mallory and Matt. If you're listening to this, I still think about you to this day. And what I did was I wrote all of my copies specifically to that couple. Like I literally thought about like, if I'm going to write an email, here's what I'm going to say. And I'm just writing it to Mallory and Matt in my head. If I'm going to write a post promoting my wedding services, I'm writing it specifically to them. If I'm going to explain who I am and what I'm about, what kind of things would Mallory and Matt want to know? And so I always kind of think about it in that terms instead of thinking about like, okay, what would an engaged person in the state of Wisconsin who is planning a wedding want to hear? It's like, what would Mallory and Matt want to hear? Now, if you do not have a client profile that came to mind when I brought up this suggestion, then what I want for you to think of is if you could work with any celebrity or influencer or person in your ecosystem, whether it's a friend or a neighbor or someone that you work with, if you could work with them, what different traits and tendencies do you love about them that makes you obsessed with wanting to work with them? And how can you write your marketing to that person? I think that when we shift from this one-to-many to like one-to-one idea in our brains, it really helps us clarify that messaging again. But it also instills this confidence of like, I can speak super directly to the right people And I'm not afraid of letting the wrong people know that they might not be the right fit. Is there a risk or what is there to consider if your niche already has someone serving people in that area? I think that's proof of concept, in my opinion. I was thinking about this often because I often think about one of the biggest objections we get when it comes to learning how to market doing a new platform or changing a strategy is that people are like, someone's already doing it. And to me, if someone is already getting results in that realm or that area, to me, that is proof of concept that there are people out there that are willing to consume, purchase, be a part of whatever that thing is. And so I would look at it as painting the possibility and not creating competition. But I would also look at it as a challenge of, again, how can you differentiate yourself, right? Did you experience that at all when you were starting your podcast of like, oh, well, this is kind of already being done, but then how do I do it differently? Well, I was seeing that there were other regional shows similar to mine that niched down to a geographical area, but no one was doing it for my state or my region, which it felt scary at the time because it's like, wait, is there just no market? 
for this? Does nobody want to hear? Is nobody listening? It's just that no one had done it before. And I think that can be true about a lot of niches is that somebody might be doing it in a in their way or they've niched down kind of like you would do it, but there's still opportunity to get narrow and be like you say, find an area to create services for or clients to work with that you're obsessed with that no one else is doing. I love that. And I also think that it's kind of there's an interesting take on this as well that is somewhat related, but slightly differentiated. There are people out there who create broad resources, right? So even if you took one of my programs, for example, we could say the Pinterest lab, like how to use Pinterest to drive traffic to the content that you're creating and convert that traffic into leads, right? That's like one offer that I have. I could position that offer and niche it down super specifically to specific audiences. So I could say, how do you use Pinterest in your marketing as a photographer? How do you use Pinterest in your marketing as a realtor? How do you use Pinterest in your marketing as a fill in the blank? And so it's also interesting because while this might not work in your example, Kylie, with the specificity of the content that you create... You can do this in a way that allows you to establish that credibility among different audiences without alienating others and to become more specific in your marketing to certain segments of your audience so that all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm a photographer and I need to learn how to use Pinterest. This is for me. Oh, I'm a realtor and I need to learn how to use Pinterest. This is for me. And so there are different ways that you can do this as well that will allow you to market with specificity without having to totally change your business or flip it on its head or cut out audiences that are interested in your offer, but might not be actually converting into clients. Can you think of an example where niching down, but also having a caveat to that niche is appropriate, like remaining flexible and being able to add new offers or opportunities to work outside of your niche? Because I think some people are like, okay, if I niche down, I'm stuck here. And like, what if I want to dip my toe in somewhere else? So I would say a couple different things. And this would have to be a scenario that the listener would have to be super thoughtful with. So the first thing that I would say is something that I learned back when I was a photographer, and it was show what you want to shoot. And what I mean by this is, If you find yourself in a business that you no longer love, or there is a specific area of your business that you're obsessed with, but you're not doing it enough, you want to show the kind of work that you want to do. That needs to become your advertising. And I remember when somebody said this at first, I was like, but what if you're not shooting the kind of work that you want to show? Like, what does that look like? And that was when I was challenged to start creating the type of work that I wanted to do more of on my own time. And so I remember I had this episode very early on the show with an amazing, amazing designer, Laura Joseph. And she shared about how she was a wedding invite designer and she wasn't getting the type of clients she wanted. Like she just kept getting these cookie cutter requests. In her episode, she talked about how she ended up in her free time creating these suites of invitations for the types of clients she wanted. So she made like a Harry Potter themed wedding invitation suite. She made all these different things and so that on her website, she could show that kind of work. And what ended up happening is then she started to attract her ideal clients. And so for somebody that's listening and they're like, okay, well, one, how do I even show the type of work I want to do? Because I'm not even booking that kind of work. That's where creativity comes into play. How can you either create that type of work or advertise the type of work that you want to be doing? And yes, this might require a little bit of hustle or creativity or time for you to do that. 
but the benefits are so long-term because people see you doing that type of work and that's the more that you'll do. Now, if you remember at the beginning of this episode, Kylie, I shared about how when I became, quote, the wedding photographer, I was still taking other jobs on the side. I just wasn't advertising those jobs or sharing that work because it wasn't the type of work that filled me up. But guess what? I had bills to pay. I had lenses to fund. Like I had to make this an actual business and to be a business, you had to have an offer that was collecting money. And so while I was focusing my marketing in a certain direction, I was still taking side offers in order to make that money. And I think sometimes you got to focus on what makes ends meet, but also have that forward vision. The final thing is, is that if you are building a brand and not a business, brands are multifaceted. And so if you decide one day you want to add on a different division of your business, or you want to do something, as long as those divisions have very clear audiences and segments, I think it's totally possible. If you look at my own business today, we have the podcast, we have the courses, we have the book, we have the blog, we have all of these different things happening under one umbrella. And each channel serves people in a different way. And I don't think it's confusing because I think it's very clear. If you need this, you go here. If you need this, you go here. It takes a little bit of thought and strategy, but it doesn't mean that it has to limit you. You know, we have a lot of examples about wedding photography and everything like that. But this reminds me of, so my little sister actually is a wedding photographer. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I did. did Yeah. Okay. So she launched her business a couple of years ago and she was finding similar to you that in Maine, primetime wedding season is not when it's 20 below, but it's in the summer. So she has her off season. And this year she's like, what can I do in my off season? That's not like a huge departure from what I'm passionate about. And what she loves to do is capture live events. And so she has tied in her love for live music and she has started offering concert photography. But like you said, you know, I can't show what I'm shooting if I'm not getting hired to shoot it. So she started throwing herself in front of opportunities to shoot live music for free, to shoot concert photography for free because she loves it. She's going to be at a show anyway. And now she has this body of work to show and she's starting to get hired to shoot concert photography during her off season. And so I know there's a lot of photography examples, but I just loved that she knew she loved this other area of photography and she needed to generate income when weddings weren't happening. And so she started to offer it for free until she could get paid to do it. I love that. And I mean, even in other examples, like I think about when I became a course creator, like I did beta courses and let people just take them either at a discounted price or for free so that I could get feedback and testimonials and have the ability to then create that offer. And so what I will say is that like there is a level of hustle and creativity required. It doesn't last forever if you do it right. So what does it look like if you find yourself in a niche or serving an audience that no longer lights you up or doesn't feel you or feels too broad and you're like, how are these people finding me? Like, these are not the people I want to serve. I think that there are so many nuggets inside of this episode to allow you to get more specific, to get more clear. And a lot of times your marketing can start to make those changes and you'll start to reap the rewards long-term from that And from those changes, it might not be immediate and that's okay. But the more that you put out there, here's who I am, here's what I do, here's my offer, and here's who it's for, the more that that clarity brings confidence within you, but also confidence in the people that stumble upon your work that know it's the right fit for them. 
Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What haven't we hit about niches? Do we need to get more niche about our niche conversation? (laughs) I know right now I'm like, okay, we're talking about this topic. Okay, let me break down seven closing tips for somebody that wants to really do this and get more specific in what their business is or who they serve. So okay, I love that. Seven tips. Let's go. If you are listening to this, take notes. And if you do these seven things, you will have so much clarity and you will reap the rewards of that clarity. So first, conduct market research. So gather data, whatever that looks like, right? We talked about doing like that forensic style investigation in your offers, in your audience. So whether it is doing more research about who is your ideal client, where are they hanging out online? What are their pain points? What are their purchasing behaviors? How are they finding you if they are finding you? Doing that market research is step number one. And I also think that the numbers will give you clarity. Any insights that you can get will give you clarity that you're moving in the right direction. Number two is something we also discussed in this episode. So analyzing your competition. I love looking at my competition. I think it's awesome to see that other people are successful in the same avenue and it challenges me to differentiate myself. So study your competitors, understand what it is they're offering. Figure out what makes you different, what sets you apart and how you can differentiate yourself. And that'll also give you the confidence to show up in a different way in your marketing that says, hey, this is who I am or this is what my company is and this is who we serve. And we're super unapologetic and proud about it. Number three is identifying your unique value proposition. I remember learning this in college over a decade ago, your unique value proposition or your unique selling proposition. We called it the USP 
which is basically discovering what sets your business apart from others and how you can solve a specific problem for your target audience better than anyone else. Before this episode today, I was working on a sales page for one of our programs and I had to literally work on like a one line of copy for 40 minutes because I was like, what is the specific problem that we are solving in our own unique way? And when you can land that, it makes your value so clear. And so identify your unique value proposition. Number four is define your ideal customer. Again, this morning, one of my friends sent me a voice memo and she's asking me questions about doing a mastermind. And she said, here is my ideal customer. She's based off of a real person I know that I know I can help. And she told me all about this person. And so if you have served that ideal customer, that person that you're like, I would work with every day if I could, or if you have a dream person that you would like die to work with, define that person, like create a detailed profile of that ideal customer, include their needs and their wants and their preferences and any other information, because that is going to help you write that more specific copy that will reach those people in a way that makes them say, hell yes, this is the right fit for me. Number five is evaluate your current offering. So again, look at what's already working for you. Look at what is already bringing you joy Take time to figure out and determine which one aligns with your niche and your target audience and which one you want to go deep on and not wide. So take a look. What is the audience already telling you? What are your most popular offers or products? What is driving the results and what lights you up the most? And how can you marry those two things to really establish what your niche is? Number six is refining that. So like I said, this morning I was working on a sales page. We are constantly refining our offers. Yes, offers we created even five years ago. You want to modify anything that is in alignment and you want to discontinue anything that is no longer aligned. Focus on offering solutions that cater to the specific needs of your newly identified target audience. Yes, sometimes this means letting go of things that have worked in the past but no longer serve this idea or this business that you want to build. And then lastly is the fun part, in my opinion, rebranding and repositioning your business. This is where you get to have fun with the graphics, with the copy. You want to update things, including your branding and your messaging and your marketing to reflect this niche focus to better resonate with your target audience. Remember the story when I said, for years, I just wanted to blend in. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait, I don't need everyone. I just need 25 people to say yes. You want to hit that space where you're like, I want to speak so clearly to the right people that the wrong people just click out and exit unapologetically. I want to serve the people that light me up and that drive results in my business the most. And so that's where you can rebrand and reposition yourself. And again, the seeds that you plant today in that process will reap fruit for years to come. The more clarity you have, the more confidence you have, the better that you can show up and serve and make a difference on the world. Can we just have a moment for how good it feels when you knock something off your offering list oh that you gosh. didn't enjoy doing and that wasn't really serving anybody? It's like such a relief when you don't Isn't have it? to offer it anymore. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, I I have done that so many times with things that are profitable, right? So it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this thing is like still generating results, but like it doesn't fit any longer. And I'm actually dealing with this right now, Kylie, in terms of my closet unrelated, but I need to like <laughs> organize my closet and I need to let go of things that no longer fit me. And 
I think about like that part of it where there's this piece where it feels so good to like clear the clutter in your business, in your life, in your closet. But I do want to give people permission, like if it feels emotional to cut off a leg of your business that once served you or that you were once excited about, what I want for you to remember is that when you lose that excess, you make more room for the things that are right. And that's something I'm reminding myself right now is I go through this wardrobe transition after losing weight and having to figure out like, what do I hold on to and what actually matters? I think the same can go for business. And so I keep reminding myself, like if I clear the room, it'll be more room for what is right. And that is just as true in business as well. When you go through this refining process, there's something really beautiful about it. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a perfect little bow on this little niche conversation. Well, thank you so much. And just welcome back. It feels so good to have you back at the mic. And I guess until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. We still got it, Kylie. We sure do. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.